Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. And welcome in, everybody, to a Broncos Victory Monday with the Broncos emphatically beating the Dallas Cowboys to a tune of 30-16. to 16 game was a lot less closer than that score indicates and welcome in i'm nick kendall and joined by as always for broncos for breakfast with scott kennedy scott a victory monday for you as well congratulations yeah a couple home runs from the the kid uh at uh at at baseball so that's what i was watching this week that's number one so yeah that was uh i I mentioned he 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 was kind of feeling the uh how the other side felt you know struggling a little bit you know hitting 300 for him was struggling so Hmm. he uh he got locked in this weekend so that was a lot of fun gonna throw a couple of videos together because we do we do baseball almost as big as college football down here in the south at this park that we're at they have seven cameras live streaming and then record in the cloud and you can go in and pull all seven angles yeah. to create highlights for 10 year olds <laughs> it's insane <laughs> well i have him on my fantasy team so i'm glad his bat is starting to wake back up no yeah, yeah for sure um, we got sean burns saying good morning good morning to you sean the question is are we going on a run to the playoffs, or were you, was that just a Cowboys flat team or a flat Cowboys team? We'll find out. Clee's in the house saying, nice of the Cowboys take their bye against Denver. Mo saying NFC East is bad. Uh, Jimmy John saying, never doubted them. Yeah, okay, Jimmy, show me the receipts. Um, Taylor saying 3-0 against the NFC East. Um, EJ's in the house, too. Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Awesome to see you. Dave's in the house. Always love Dave coming in. Uh, loving the winning feeling. Happy Monday. Hashtag Broncos country. We got Colorado Kool-Aid. Man, I haven't seen Colorado Kool-Aid around these parts. The name doesn't ring out to me, so welcome in. And uh, what a good name for today, drinking the Kool-Aid, drinking some orange Kool-Aid for sure. Should have got the shutout, and this one's for Vaughn. Great to see. Um, Dave, I hope this one isn't directed at us. Problem with social media is it gives every idiot an opinion, and they're usually wrong. So uh, careful, Dave. What's going on? Uh, um, Robbie Doggy, wait. Rob Doggy Dog coming in saying, what a fantastic feeling, a good old-fashioned beatdown. That's the Broncos I remember. Man, absolutely. Sunny days, let's go. Ernie Mays. Ernie Mays is, man, he's ride or die. I love Ernie. Says, awesome game. Hello, Nick and Scott. Go Broncos. Victor Rios in the house. Good morning to you. We got uh, Joey Grubb saying, Williams needs more touches. We'll get into that. And uh, Tim Hoffman coming in also saying, that was the best Broncos game I've watched in years. And, and Tim, big stars with that one. Appreciate that. Oh, so yes. lots of lots of stars oh, yeah. right out of the gate. That click clack you hear is my big dog coming to join us. Okay. So welcome, Smokey. Hello, says, I'm going to go get on my couch. There we go. Um, Peter coming in with the stars, too. So plenty of us said Broncos wins on here. Nick, look at that smile, buddy. <laughs> it's great. It's great. I mean, I mean, you guys remember us Saturday night. Uh, if you joined us, you know, Luke was saying, you know, maybe this game would be an absolute blowout. I said, you know what? Any given Sunday, Broncos come in, they control, they win the turnover battle. They control the line of scrimmages and you give yourself a chance. And my goodness, did they I don't think control is a good enough word for what they did in the line of scrimmages in this game. So it's definitely a good feeling. It's good to be five and four and. Hey, the Broncos now play a Eagles team that is what three and six on the season at home with the bye coming up, and those guys will probably be also playing. The Broncos will also be playing for a uh, shorter week. You know, getting like Vic Fangio giving them a little bit of extra time off if they're riding that win streak. 
you bet your butt those guys are going to be playing for a win in that game extra hard and uh, also yeah, maybe right even there, a little bit of a right there in a, in a playoff spot win that one yeah. um we'll get into the eagles for sure the eagles are a little dangerous are. uh we'll, yeah. we'll get into them as we move through the week though now it's time to enjoy mm-hmm. uh the not just the win but the way it was won you know yeah. the, who it was won against all mm-hmm. of the things all of the turmoil when you start you're feeling like everything's nosediving. To get a win like that feels 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 extra special. Listen up, Broncos country. TickPick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. It really does. I mean, they absolutely, somebody said it should have been a shutout. It could have been. Those are what you call garbage time points at the end there for the Cowboys. And uh, maybe Dak Prescott was having a bad game. There were throws to be made. Fangio called them garbage time. Yeah. Well, (laughs) he also said his special teams uh, decided to take the day off. So, uh, man, he's feeling a little feisty, which is, uh, I I actually appreciated the passion from Fangio, but uh, let's, let's hopefully, let's hope the passion can keep up. Speaking of passion, Jamal Killings coming in. Good morning. Broncos shocked yesterday. Uh, Great game or great all around. Yep. Uh, we got August coming in. Hope they can keep the intensity up. Greg Smith, aloha to you, buddy. And DBA's in the house too. So uh, yeah, let's get into it. Um, obviously this is Broncos for breakfast. I am Nick Kendall joined by Scott Kennedy. You can find us on Twitter myself at Nick Kendall, MHH and Scott at scout Kennedy. You can also follow us at huddle up pod and at mile high huddle. Make sure you guys go to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod uh, to join us there. If you're joining us on YouTube today, subscribe, like, and share, smash the like button, hit the bell for the alerts. So that way, you know, when we go live, I have been doing a better job about scheduling these. So the chat rooms are made beforehand. Um, but uh, still, you know, you want to subscribe, like, and share so that way, you know, they're coming and uh, you guys can join, us, especially on a victory Monday like this, right? It's good vibes all around youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. If you want to keep those good vibes rolling as well, follow Scott's channel with the, I know we're on a draft, maybe a uh, playoff hunt now. Um, but the draft stuff is going to be coming around the corner there, and you're going to definitely want to be checking out Scott's channel as well for that. And uh, we got Carrie coming in, maybe with stars. Either way, want to see yep. a Carrie. Carrie yeah, Greenwood. That's, uh, feels like a new name to me, Carrie. Carrie Greenwood. Uh, it's a new name to me, but you may have been around here a lot longer than I have. So uh, welcome to yeah. our show. Uh, if we haven't seen you before, and thank you for thank you for the contribution for sure. Keeps us in coffee, which coffee makes me happy. Absolutely. And let's get on into this, Scott. Uh, man, what a good vibes uh, victory Monday going on here. And what makes this victory extra special, in my opinion? It's not just that the Broncos haven't lost to the Dallas Cowboys since 1995, which is an incredible streak uh, for the Broncos. I know they only play every eight years, but still, that's a youth. What do they want now? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven games in a row against the Dallas Cowboys, which is pretty darn impressive. Um, but it was this rookie class this George Payton inaugural rookie class where 
almost every single, I, I will say it, every single rookie that saw time on the field, according to at least what I could see, made a significant impact in this game. And typically, if you can walk out of a rookie class with like, you know, one great player and two to three solid starters, um, you're happy with that. Uh, but this class, and it's really early, you know, we don't want to crown them. We said every single year, you know, like 2018, 2019, oh, this cl- rookie class looks amazing. And then they don't take steps forward. Mm-hmm. But but this class, for where we're at in the season, for them being in their rookie seasons, outstanding game by almost every single one of them. I and mean, we can just go down the list. Uh, the, 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 go ahead. Yeah, and, and you, you said one great player. And what's funny is when you said one great player, who do you think came to mind for me for great player right away? Uh, I would have guessed you would say, because it was this is maybe a little bit of bias by both of us in the pre-draft process, I'd say Javante Williams. Yes, it was. Yeah. And I'm like, and I completely, you know, kind of glossed over Patrick Sertan, yeah. you know, who's been a great player. So, you know, for me, Javante Williams was like, okay, you got your great player. Now, who else is going to step up? And I'm like, well, who'd they take the for? Oh, yeah, dumb, dumb. Yeah. You know, Patrick Sertan already looks pretty good. So you could have two on one on each side of the ball, guys that are playing at a really, really high level. Yeah. Uh, and then you start throwing in some of the help you're getting from Jonathan Cooper, uh, Baron Browning, Quinn Miners came in when he was needed. Um, you know, there's a lot to like about this class, and we can, we can get more into it for sure. And Fox Breaks coming in. Reading the title. Sometimes it's nice when Nick makes the title because sometimes we don't actually read the title and we forget to talk about what the title actually is. <laughs> so this one says, how about that rookie class? I love what I'm seeing from them. Um, the beginning of the season or during the, the offseason, we talked a lot about how there was either a veteran on a one-year deal or a hungry young player coming behind them. We've seen those hungry young players take a step forward, and that's what competition is good for. And frankly... As we get into it, I want to talk about my, my players of the game on offense and defense. And I think you might be a little surprised. And what's fun, what's going to be fun about this one is there's so many candidates. There's no way we're going to pick the same two players on each side. No way. Yeah, no, it's the Broncos did so well. And it was help from a lot of people that, uh, you know, you don't expect every single game. And we'll, we'll tease apart this game a little bit more. You know, some people are like, oh, maybe you can't, you know, rest on your laurels too much. But it's the team. You know, it's Monday. Hey, they should, can, they should be enjoying enjoy it. this on Monday. We can, we can enjoy this on Monday, for sure. Man, I even want to enjoy this on Tuesday because it was such a satisfying win. So uh, we might still do that. But I want to dig into this rookie class first, and you hit on it. Um, the first person that I want to talk about is Javonta Williams. Um, he had a couple incredible runs in this game, no doubt about it. He is a, as I know as, as an analytics person, um, a lot in that community will kind of roll their eyes with the run game. But he was a tone setter in that game. Um, he has helped the offensive line establish some physicality and uh, he was picking up yards that quite frankly, weren't there because of his balance and his determination and just how well he is at breaking tackles and moving forward. So extremely impressed with him and everyone pump the brakes here. God, uh, very impressed. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, DWI guys coming in with a hundred dollars, man. Good. I told you it was a good vibes Monday. Uh, now I see players playing uh, Javante is a stud. Coop, you are the seventh round steal. Well, DWI guys, you are the first round pick in my heart, and uh, that is incredible. Um, yeah, and Ethan, I hope you got your email alert today. Uh, Broncos yeah. for breakfast mug is on the way. Yeah. I actually put your information in, so hopefully you will get the updates on that one. Well, that's this is incredible. So thank you so much, DWI guys, and uh, happy Monday to you. Um, but yeah, no, Javonta Williams, man, what a awesome game from him. Um, he. What did let me see? Pull up his stats right here. He ran for 
17 carries, 111 yards, 6.5 yards a carry, and a long of 30. So this wasn't like something where he had like one 75-yard run that's really helping this. Um, he had a lot of good runs. Um, I know a lot of people are like, oh, why didn't the Broncos feed Williams more? There's a little bit of a catch-22 with Williams right now is that he has the – it's either the highest or it's definitely in the top three of stuff rates for running backs in the NFL this season. So he's just, he's just extremely – boomer bust when he gets the football and you kind of notice that in yesterday's game too where he had a few runs that were behind the line of scrimmage or stuffed at the line but uh once he gets that going and i think if you can continue to build the offensive line where he doesn't have to the the holes are more obvious um you have something special coming there but uh, javante williams i mean hats off both running backs hats off but i want to first highlight him he was Incredibly impressive. Yeah, and uh, I want to highlight Dave real quick. Says he, although I did not correctly pick the winner, I did pick Denver to cover and under. Appreciate the stars on that one, Dave. Um, yep. And then there was one more. So I said it's easier to do this in the background. There was another stars comment coming. I think from Peter. I'll make sure I will. Uh, I will get back to uh, Peter. Says in the Broncos one with banged up OL and OLBs. That's in here somewhere also um, about how they won the game. And absolutely, Peter, you're right. Um, you look at the offensive line, and that was what's more impressive about the running game and the dominance in the running game. It's over 200 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. Was there's three, and we haven't talked about the starters as being a great unit right now. Then there's three backups in there, but maybe there's something to that. Yeah. You know, maybe there's something to again these the younger. Not, it doesn't even have to be younger. Just the guys that aren't playing, being hungry, being hungry, yeah. and coming in. Um, I was very critical when we were talking last week about Melvin Gordon, the trade 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 deadline. I was like, yeah, why not? You're not using them. You're not using either one of these running backs. So my, I was as critical as anybody when we're talking about the lack of use for the running backs, I will not be critical in this case over why isn't Javante Williams getting the ball more. Uh, He got 17 carries. I'm okay with that. 17 carries Mm -hmm. across 17 games a season. He's pushing, you know, 250, 300 carries in a season. I'm okay with that for a rookie. Melvin yeah. Gordon got 21 carries. was also targeted in the passing game a few times. I'm okay with that. So you got 40 touches, give or take, between these two guys over the course of the game. That's more like it. That's more yeah. like it. I don't want to see 20 touches between the two in a game. You got two really, really good running backs. I want to see 40 touches. I want to see 40 touches. I want to see 80 plays. I want to see these two guys get the ball 20 times each. Yeah, I'm, okay what's that. I'm not, I'm not going to get on – on on anybody for uh how Javante Williams was used because I think he was used extremely well and same with Melvin Gordon. Yeah, no, both of them had an in- incredible game. Um the Broncos with 41 rush attempts for 4.6 yards a pop. A lot of times when you see teams get boat raced as much as the Cowboys were that uh, yards per carry drops a lot because teams are just trying to get the heck out of there and are running more conservative offense at the end. So to see them finish with 40 41 carries for 4.6 mm-hmm. yards a carry is extremely impressive. Uh, one thing that also is impressive, you talk about this is a this is a statement game for, I think, the what we've been preaching all offseason as far as the formula for this Broncos team winning. I mean, this was the formula down to a T, uh, but the time of possession. Whoa, oh, my goodness. Forty one minutes and 12 seconds to, for the Broncos to 18 minutes and 48 seconds. For and, the you're, and, when, and you're scoring points. Yeah, with those. it's not just that you're you've got the ball. You're scoring points with the ball. Mm-hmm. Um now tell me, because I watched this uh, after the fact. You know, I, I knew yeah, what was yeah. going to happen uh, while I watched the game. But was there a little bit of, you know, here comes the big return to the fifty? Mm, you know, yeah. oh god, yep. you know, here here they come, it's starting like this already. And then they 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 boat up and and stopped him on fourth down. Justin then Simmons. Quick, then it was a quick three and out. Ugh. 
here we Negative go again. Tendency. And all of a sudden, it was like, oh, that was nice. Ooh, yeah, that's really nice. Mm-hmm. Man, we're kicking their asses. <laughs> yeah, it was. Seriously, this was the game that's the formula we've been preaching all season, um, besides the special teams, I guess. Uh, but it was the defense setting the tone in the offense, taking that momentum that the defense gave them and rolling with it and being a physical team, the efficient, dominant, physical run game, and then the play-action efficient pass game off of it. Uh, it was... It was perfection. I mean, it really was. Obviously, there were some plays here and there. They didn't, you know, beat them sixty to zero. It wasn't like you know Alabama out there playing Southeast School of the Blind Methodist, you know that that kind of thing. Um, but it was well, Iowa impre- for God's sakes. Ha- hey now, hey now, <laughs> we won this week. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, God, they would kill us. Uh, but it was an incredible I just, game. I, I just like those. We want Bama. No, you don't. Uh, no, no, I don't even know, know if I want Ohio State. Yeah, um, <laughs> no, you don't, especially not in a bowl game when they've got three weeks to prepare for you. I might want Bama outside of the college football playoffs because I could see them not showing up like teams of that caliber have done recently when they're not in the playoffs. But uh, yeah. that's that's a t- different conversation. Different entirely. conversation. I know. <laughs> I was just teasing. Um, but yeah, no, the Broncos uh, rookie class here. Javante Williams had a heck of a game. Um, the offensive line did great. Uh, but I want to keep on this rookie class for now because that's the title of the show and we can keep just digging through them. The next guy who needs to be shouted out. Jonathan William or Jonathan Cooper. I was like, wait um, a minute. Yeah, I was no, 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 Cooper no. on this one. Jonathan Cooper, uh, edge rusher from Ohio State, falls to the seventh round um, of the 2021 draft. Uh, never really, he was a highly recruited guy. People raved about his leadership and everything like that. You know who he was, his character. But he fell to the seventh round because he never really took off at Ohio State like some of those other edge rushers have. He had the heart condition as well, which was a big one. But man, he played incredible football. I think he had uh, seven hurries on the game, which is the sacks are the end result, but the hurries are more indicative. So seven total pressures, um, two sacks and five hurries. So what a game from Jonathan Cooper. I know they were going up against a backup left tackle who gave up 12 pressures on the game, which is dreadful. Um, but still, so were you, you know, injuries are part of this. I saw at least three new offensive linemen in there on the Broncos side of the ball and they did well, Mm -hmm. that's part of it. Um, you know, having depth is part of getting through a 17-game season. That's part of what makes you a good football team. So yeah. no excuses. No excuses there. I think the biggest thing, though, is the context of the backup left tackle struggling as much as the Cowboys did is that, you know, Jonathan Cooper is not all of a sudden going to make you forget about Von Miller. I saw some of that sentiment in that game. Cooper had a great game, and he looks like somebody who could actually be potentially a starting option for you at the edge rusher. Um, I mean, looking at the roster right now for the rest of this season and even 2022, you the trio of Cooper, Chubb, and Reed, That's you can do worse than that, and you can add to the position too. So the edge rusher position, even though Vaughn is gone, and you're going to miss Vaughn because you don't have anybody like him, um, but you are going to be able to live, and Cooper is looking like a heck of a steal in this class. I mean, two sacks, he got close a few times too. I mean, Dak Prescott, hats off to him playing with the injured calf. He squeezed out of some uh, sacks in that game that were uh, he should have been down. Um, so incredible, but great game from Cooper. He looks like a major hit, and I got to just pat myself on the back real quick because uh, Scott, I don't, you were not doing the background information yet on this, but we did a mile high huddle mock draft where we all were together and like uh, trying to debate on guys, and we were there in the fifth round, and I was banging the table for Jonathan Cooper, and I don't think we took him. I think I was outvoted, and uh, I get the last laugh because he's killing it for the Broncos now. Uh, what do I say all the time about who do we really root for? <laughs> we root for us. Yeah, Jonathan. You know, we God, root Jonathan for Cooper us. It's nice when what we root for when we say something like that aligns with our personal fan interest types of stuff. Mm-hmm. But 
those are the kind of things you remember as an analyst, as a project when you're doing projections of the future. Mm-hmm. You want to be right. Yes. I want to be right. So mm-hmm. it feels good when those guys uh, when those guys do that. And and Clayton, be careful driving home. Uh, appreciate we're able to 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 knock an hour off your drive. Depending on where you are in in Texas or in Missouri, you could have an eighty mile an hour speed limit. So you can uh, we can knock off a bunch of a bunch of miles for you. So be careful out there. Appreciate you listening in. Yeah. Um. But who else had a backup left tackle in this weekend? The Broncos. The and... Broncos. What a game. The Broncos game. did. Who had the more vaunted pass rush on the edges coming into this game? The Cowboys. You know? No. Yeah. There's. I, there. You have absolutely zero excuses for the Dallas Cowboys for yeah. for injuries. None. Yeah. Not a one. Mm-mm. Yep. Because. It's like, oh well, we were missing our left tackle, and he was really abused. Huh? Yeah, so were we. And he yeah. kicked your he kicked your butts. Yeah, um, I do. I did really. I mean, it's even though the Cowboys got run all over, and the Broncos' offense just marched down the field and not physical them. Um, Micah Parsons did have a heck of a game. Um, there's mm-hmm. a couple plays here where it's like, okay, that's that's what you get with Micah Parsons. It's not this guy who's going backwards in coverage, but it's the ability to close space on the side. There was that one where Jerry Judy probably would have got another ten. 15 yards, but Parsons got up to him. And then also Parsons, when you can isolate him against a guard or center in a blitz scheme, which they did, um, he can get after it. I think he had two sacks in this game. And there's one where he got isolated against uh, Dalton Reisner and he just absolutely embarrassed Reisner. Well, there, he went was across a, his face. there was a delayed blitz that came through that Melvin Gordon wasn't able to pick up either. But then on the later that play, because I think, I, I think I remember um, they still got a first down on that. Mm-hmm. And someone else came through. I don't think it was it was Parsons, but then uh, Gordon picked up the blitz. Mm-hmm. So it, that drive, it's like you made up for it, and that that's mm-hmm. key. It's short memories, mm-hmm. you know. It's it's tough, but he came in and he was late, and he kind of got ch- uh, kind of got spun sideways, yeah. uh, picking up a, a delayed blitz um, out out of one of the line blackers, line blackers, linebackers. Um, but then he then he made up for it. He absolutely yeah. made up for it. So. Uh, Silver fact coming in here says, given the NFL snake draft order, am I correct that we want the Rams to win? Who are they playing? I haven't looked that far. Who are the Rams playing? Uh, There's not that would snake. give us a higher second round pick, right? <laughs> love you guys. Appreciate it. We love you too. Yeah, uh, no snake in the NFL draft. Um, that would be, yeah, I don't know if that would be more fair or less fair, but uh, the team who picks 32 does not then get to pick 33. Uh, the draft order. Yeah, those resets. that's fantasy rules if you were starting yeah. from scratch. The, uh, the system that we have in the NFL rewards losers. So we we, yeah. we reward you for losing and being bad. We want yeah. we want you to be better. We don't care if you're ambitious or not. We're gonna we're gonna help you. Charitable yep. like that. We're gonna punish ambition. We're gonna reward failure. As long as uh, it's my team's failure and giving me something to look forward to, then I'm okay with it. Otherwise, it's unfair. I'm with you. Um, the uh, Broncos continuing this rookie onslaught this 2021 class that had just multiple people really stand out um let's continue on down patrick sertan um i saw somebody mentioned in here already but sertan had a pretty good game overall i mean there was a few times that he was targeted and he looked like the best alabama defensive back out there uh i guess r.i.p to Diggs, who did not have a very good game the broncos went after him quite a bit gave up the big touchdown had the pass interference in the end zone too against uh, sutton that led to a broncos broncos points um but patrick sertan Really good game, showing out there again. Um, hats off to him. He did go to the locker room with a knee injury. I've seen it's not verified, um, but I have seen a image floating around from uh, somebody took a screenshot talking with Patrick Sertan Senior on, and they, somebody's asking him, "How? Hey, how's your kid? Is the knee okay?" And he said, "It's just a contusion. He'll be fine." Um, so 
We'll see if that's that. I mean, I'm just, I'm skeptical always until I hear it from, you know, the horse's mouth uh, that that's the case, until but I that's what we're hoping on the for. field and see them performing at a high level. I'm skeptical. Yeah, exactly. But either way, um, Sertan had a great game as well. Um, so did you take anything from Stranod? I mean, the Broncos or the, we can talk about the Broncos secondary too, if you want. Uh, from Stranod or Sertan? Excuse me. I just saw somebody mention yeah, Stranod. I mentioned Stranod having a good game yeah. too. So I was like, wait a minute. Did we move on to that? And I missed it while I was finishing my coffee pour. And Stranod um, did not have a great game um, because Stranod only had, let me see if I can find him in here. Uh, da, da, uh, three plays. So uh, he, <laughs> he could, it's hard wow. to have a big game when you only take, I remember him being in, I remember him in on a tackle and I was like, okay, good for you. But I didn't, I wasn't counting plays out there. So um, yeah, Baron Browning was 62. Sertan, Sertan looked really good. Um, but part of the, part of the reason the front four alone, depending on who your three were and then whoever was coming in, we're getting a lot of pressure on Prescott, making him uncomfortable. Because, mm-hmm. uh, yes, you want to be close, and and he was extending place. Coverage was good. I'm not taking anything away from him. Because I also saw Darby making plays. I saw Fuller making plays. I saw Stearns. I saw Jackson. I saw Simmons making plays. Justin they're all Simmons. making plays. So they're all doing extremely well. In the, in the defensive backfield. And a lot of credit needs to go to to them, obviously, uh, but also to the pass rush, the pressure they were getting on Prescott without having to send five, six guys uh, after him. Yeah, it was a it was a heck of a game from the Broncos secondary in general. Um, Justin Simmons, that fourth down tackle that he had behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, good, good scheming up by uh, Vic Fangio and Donatel to give his guy a chance to come down and fill that hole and make a play there and uh just what a game. I mean, he had back-to-back, I think, drives there early on where he provided the energy. Vic Fangio's over there, you know, fist pumping on the sideline, which, God, I was like, is that Vic? That can't be Vic. He never does that, um, which was incredible. Uh, yeah, it wasn't even a Harbaugh, was it? No, it wasn't even it wasn't a Harbaugh. even against a Harbaugh. <laughs> nope. Um, so that was amazing. Um, you talk about Caden uh, Stearns coming in. I really enjoyed watching him play uh, with the pick. He almost had two interceptions, as somebody mentioned here. That A second one, it would have been going the other way, too, I think. But uh, good game, a lot of energy out there. Um, obviously a good athlete, another rookie showing out there in Caden Stern. So we got Shane Daniels coming in, maybe with stars here, probably with stars mm-hmm. saying morning. All I wanted to give this, I wanted in the game was the offense perform and they did. And Carl mocked me for it. Well, you know, make sure you at Carl on Twitter to give him a hard time about that. Cause Carl will take it. Carl will yeah, take all and, of and those, are, those are the kind of times you love being wrong. Yeah. You know? Um, there's, there's journalism and then there's fan casts, yeah. you know, and and I don't think there's there's any doubt which you, you can dabble in both, but the the the, the folks at Mile High Huddle aren't hiding the fact that they're Broncos fans. No. Um. So <clears throat> I promise you, Carl's happy. Carl's yeah. happy to be wrong on that one. Mm-hmm. Um. Guy guys coming back in again, number thirty dot sixteen because the sixteen was garbage time. Um. What about Fangio being animated on sidelines? Where did that come from? Uh. Some of that comes with the. The pressure that's on him and all of the bad talk that's been mm-hmm. thrown his way. And you saw in his, in his post-game press conference, you could see it. He's just like, he's a little smug, a little smug about it. But, you know, how about that? How about how about them Broncos? How about that goose egg? How about that garbage time? Uh, he was a little salty about it. So he was, he's feeling the pressure. Uh, he's hearing the noise. And he reveled in the fact that the Broncos went out there and beat the heck out of the Cowboys. And good for him. Good for him. It's a good game. Um, and this might be me being a little bit too much 
uh, jaded by being a Hawkeye fan, but I've seen this a lot of times and we're enjoying the Cowboy win right now as we should, uh, because nobody expected them to win this game against a potential Super Bowl favorite, but um, it's the same thing with the Hawkeyes. I need to see it next week now. You know, I'm already guarded because you, the letdown after the big, emo- oh, you beat Penn State and then Purdue's coming home. Oh, we should be good. Then we got the buy right after that. Mm-hmm. Purdue smacks you. Purdue whips you. It's like, oh my God, what are we doing? Come on. Uh, Tim coming in. Love what you're doing. Um, he says, I love seeing the Cowboys faces. Wondering WTF is going on. Me too, man. It's great. I, we didn't get enough Jerry Jones uh, bewildered looks in that game cast for my opinion. Yeah, just just sitting there, the, the life out of his eyes. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll take it. Um, we have uh, Jay Mills Ryan coming in here. Melissa O'Ryan uh, saying, what do you guys think of Justin Stranod? Looks like Justin Stranod has been uh, not Wally Pipp. That's the wrong thing. But it looks like he's been displaced on this starting lineup. I mean, only three snaps, uh, defensive snaps in this game. That's not exactly what you're looking for for Justin Stranod. And I have the snap count here also. You have Baron Browning tied with the league lead, or league lead, the team lead, I think playing every single snap defensively with 62. Um, and then you wow. have... 62 snaps for Baron Browning, the third round rookie. I mean, the rookie class continues to show out uh, 62 snaps for him. And then we also had 41 snaps for Kenny Young. So not only is Baron Browning the team's rookie cent- or rookie linebacker, he's also the guy that's got the green dot on his helmet now. And he's also the guy that's staying out there. All right. for what does that mean? Packages. Um, the green dot is the the guy who's the play has come in on. Okay. Come that's in what for I thought. Second. I just wanted to make sure. Is that the guy that, with the communications in there? Yep. yep the um, green dot. So I've heard that's that a few a, times. I'm like, you know what? I'm just say he's got the, the headphones. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know why they just they just do that. But he's got the green dot, <laughs> and uh, he's been uh, exceptional out there. He's you know a few plays here or there. Like he, I think it was a crossing route against Cooper where the Cooper caught the ball and then moved upfield in that first corner. Granted, it's Amari Cooper versus a linebacker. Uh, good luck. That's a good scheming um, and good job by uh, the Cowboys to get it to that. But Baron Browning, a heck of a game. Another guy who's playing out there and looking very good. And we're going to see him playing linebacker the rest of the year. I mean, again, given how many snaps he had in this one, that's a major thumbs up. You know, we believe in this kid and he's going to get a, a lot Sorry. of reps and a good chance. Major to thumbs up. Yes, major I watched yeah. how, how, I know, how I Met Your Mother. I can't help it now. Major yeah. thumbs up. There we go. Um, suit up, baby. Uh, that's, that's another one. But uh, I was really impressed with Baron Browning. And I think that's probably it on the defensive side for the rookies, unless somebody else comes to my mind. And uh, I mean, hats off. We could talk about every single guy on defense. Uh, Draymond Jones, he didn't have a sack. He had five pressures from the interior. If you can get f- five pressures from your interior guy, you're doing amazing stuff uh, mm-hmm. defensively. So that was a, he had a heck of a game. I also think he had the, a bat down on that fourth and something as well. Uh, so amazing game from him. You don't have to sack a mobile quarterback to make them uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. And and the thing was, is those pressures were coming again from the front. There was an extra. So there's everybody's back. You know, I saw a wide receiver make a catch and there was Baron Browning out in coverage. Like, well, that's OK. It was in the flats. That's where he's yep. supposed to be. That's a zone. Yep. Uh, that, that's that's his zone. Kid him for a five yard gain. And so be it. Like, you can live with that. Make him make that throw. So the the front, the the, the entire defense, there were standouts across the board and all the way across basically the entire roster mm-hmm. you know let's yeah. let's do wait, how about a rookie for the broncos meaning he's new to the team how about steven weatherly yeah i mean I'm like who's this guy I'm, I'm pulling up rosters i'm like who's this guy killing their right tackle yeah. i'm like oh that's him okay well nice game kid nice job you know another late acquisition um was he he was 
a tra- was he a trade an, an easy trade like a yeah he was the back end of this like you traded a 20 i don't remember the specifics of it it's like the broncos traded a 2023 sixth for yeah, weatherly in a 2023 yeah, seventh nope not at all no not not at all he a uh, really lengthy player good i really enjoyed him coming out of vanderbilt um i remember interviewing him and talking with him at the nfl combine uh smart kid as well uh back then i guess we we're both about the same age back then um so i don't know if call him a kid but uh really high, excited to see I him on this team. kids yeah, that's God, man. When I saw the the oldest off ball linebacker in the NFL was thirty two, my heart skipped a beat. I was like, "Oh my God, that can't be true." For a starter, um, but uh, I, I do want to talk about one more guy on defense here, and I'll let you kind of peruse the comment section here mm-hmm. to make sure we get caught up on super chats and superstars. Make sure you guys are getting those in. We have a goal of two hundred thousand uh, this month for the stars in order to get a jersey of your choice this time. So make sure you're getting those in. Max Power coming in with the two, two pounds. The two pounds over in Europe, like the pound and the the euro sign always get me. Um, is euro Patrick... definite e? So the one that looks more like an L is the pound sign. Okay, well there we go. The the max power the two pounds saying uh two pounds for PS two uh, is Patrick Chatan the second currently a top ten corner in the NFL. Oh man, you know Max, this is gonna be a cop out answer. I am not breaking down every single cornerback out there right now, so it's really hard for me to say is he a top ten corner when I'm not sitting out here breaking down every single cornerback. That's something easier to say, I think, like after the season is over and you start combing through all the tape. But uh, he is playing like a cornerback one on this Broncos team. Uh, the teams opposing teams are targeting him like crazy, and he is still uh, not giving up a lot of yards. I do think that. Maybe I'll keep him right outside the top 10 just for me because you are not seeing a massive crop up or an output of turnovers. That's the big, I know turnovers are partly the defense, partially the offensive scheme, partially your own offense, making the other team scared and have to use a, be more aggressive in the past game. But I'll put him right outside the top 10 just because I, I start to need to see a little bit more turnovers. And also my measuring stick right now gate for anybody is the Falcons. <laughs> and because I'm watching a lot of Falcons because of Scott, because uh, we're talking to Falcons over on his <laughs> I'm channel. Sorry. Uh, it's okay. No, it's fine. But the Patrick Tam is playing incredible. Um, I think that AJ Terrell is playing slightly better. So uh, that's one that um, I'm having a hard time putting Sertan in the top 10, but he's been incredible this year. And especially for a rookie. I mean, I, I don't watch especially. enough of the rest of the NFL to answer that question. Uh, my gut says no, just yet. Because, you know, he's playing well and our expectations are different for him because he is a rookie. Uh, yeah. If you put any value in the pro football focus grades, he's 70th out of 150. Mm-hmm. So across the entire board, they think he's way off and just playing at an average NFL corner rate, which for a rookie is not all that bad. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's middle of the pack. Don't get me wrong yeah. on that. Um, but again, who's grading the graders? And not every single person... When they're coming up with their grades, they've got Nick grading this guy and me grading this guy. We, we grade differently, you know, mm-hmm. so it all comes together. But uh, like I said, my my gut would be, you know, not yet, not yet. Top 10 mm-hmm. out of, you know, if you go, if you're playing three or four corners on a team on 30 teams, there's 100, 100 plus corners. You know, top 10 is pretty darn special. He's not there yet. That's okay. That's not a knock on him. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And DBI guys coming back in with $7. Broncos are 7-0 versus the Cowboys since 1995. Yeah, it's uh, almost my entire lifetime the Cowboys haven't beaten the Broncos. Almost. Um, so uh, that's awesome. A lot of Cowboy fans out there, you know, they are the America's team or whatever. But uh, it's, it's always nice to beat the Cowboys and see that uh, that Dow- that Dallas star looking a little limp out there. Ivan coming in, not looking limp this morning. Morning. Now I'm pretty sure that Fangio will stay for the next season. And with this win and the excuse of the injuries, 
Um, we got how many more games left, Scott? This my understanding from talking with people in the building and people actually in the Broncos organization. This is essentially a make the playoffs or you're gone type of thing. So while this win helps them definitely on the, their ability to get to the playoffs, um, you still have to see how the rest of the season looks. Yeah, and uh, you know, just like you don't want to get too low after a game where you look flat and get beat by a team that you should have lost to because it happens to everybody two or three times a year, no matter how good you are for the most part. You can't now, now you got to do it again, you know, string a couple of these together. Uh, The Philadelphia Eagles aren't great, but they're still better than the first three teams you beat. They're still better than the giants, the jets and Washington. Was that where no Washington was more recent. Who was the the giants jets and Jaguars are still better than them. Let's, let's string a couple of these back to back before we start thinking, okay, Now's the playoff run. It's the it's the show me thing. One one game, one weekend, anything can happen, and it does. Now we need to see some consistency. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 positive part of that though is the young players that are stepping up. There's going to be peaks and valleys with the young players too. But now when you've got some depth like that, it makes you feel better about your ability to be consistent because you've got more playmakers on your team. Yeah, absolutely. And I see that's. Um... We have Cleese saying my internet is freezing again. I closed all my tabs, so hopefully that'll help a little bit. I like the stats for you guys while I'm doing this, but hopefully that'll uh, improve it a little bit. Um, We got Nathan coming back in with stars as well. Man, good vibes on this Monday. Broncos back above 500 and back in everything they want to accomplish is right in front of them. So it's incredible. I mean, we actually get to play meaningful football games in November and meaningful football games in December. So that's before the season. I remember if we were talking like, oh, playoffs, we definitely want to make playoffs. But for the, for goodness sake, I just want to have meaningful football games at the end of the season where we're not just like looking at the draft order. And we have that in front of us now. So that's awesome. Um, before we move back uh, to the offense, before I'd like to move back to the offense, I do want to give a special shout out to somebody who we've dogged consistently on this podcast, who Vic Fangio has dogged consistently. This guy got a game ball. That's Kyle Fuller. Kyle Fuller comes into this game playing the nickel spot. Everybody was ready to trade him for a conditional seventh round pick, but the Broncos eating the salary. Kyle Fuller goes out there first game ever from the nickel spot. He looks awesome. He looks really good. He brings some size to that nickel spot as well that you haven't seen for the Broncos there. Uh, blitzing, um, good in coverage, and uh, with Bryce Callahan probably out, probably out for the rest of the season. Maybe not, but probably. Uh, Fuller's going to have a chance there, and he looked super confident in that nickel spot. So I'm excited to see what he can do there. Um, and maybe even, you know, it's only one year deal. Maybe the Broncos get a better com- compensatory pick for him than they would have for trading him uh, this last week. Before we move to offense, let's uh, I want to do players of the game on okay. defense and then we can do one on offense. And uh, Nick, if you want to restart or something like that, yeah. um, okay. I'll, I'll take this one. Okay. Yep. And I'll, uh, I'll monologue on this one. Um, uh, so just me now. Welcome. Uh, as I was saying at the beginning of the, of the, of the pod, I wanted to name an offensive and defensive player of the game on each side of the ball. And because there were so many candidates, I didn't think there was any chance that we would pick the same guys for me. Obviously we've given Kyle Fuller a lot of stick because he, he's earned it, but there's another guy out there that I think has performed fairly mediocre, got a big payday. And people have kind of talked about that a little bit as being maybe a reason he hasn't stood up. Shelby Harris. For me, on the defensive side of the ball, on the interior line, Shelby Harris, if he wasn't getting in the backfield, he was eating up double teams. For me, he was my defensive player of the game. 
I go back and look at the win last week, and we talked about the enthusiasm. What does this team feel like? I said, just watch Shelby's press conference. Watch Shelby Harris's press conference, and he's bursting. I mean, he is absolutely just bubbling with the idea of playing with Baron Browning and Jonathan Cooper and some of these young guys next to him. And I thought, for my money, that Shelby Harris was the player of the game on defense. Again, there's so many different candidates that you could – go with several of them. You could go with Justin Simmons, as Keith says. I think that's uh, that's pretty um, – with the some of the things that, that he did with the, the interceptions, The he didn't have the interceptions, but going in and making the tackles, big plays. I thought there were several different, uh, different candidates in there as well, without a doubt. You could go Jonathan Cooper, um, but that's who I went with. And Nick probably didn't hear me, so I want to hear what he says without me biasing it. So, Nick, you look clearer now. Okay. Uh, everything looks like you, you you washed your screen and got out the Windex. Who would you give your player the game on defense? Uh, number one, I'd have to go with Jonathan Cooper um, because I am a big proponent that the most valuable player on your defense is a pass rusher. And if a pass rusher can take over, um, amazing things can happen. And uh, the Broncos have been missing pass rush this season. They really have. You have not seen a game where a pass rusher has taken over to any extent like Cooper did in this one. So Cooper gets one for me. Seven pressures is outstanding two mm-hmm. sacks is outstanding um he was consistently getting Dak Prescott off his spot and uh the man what a game from Cooper so Cooper gets number one for me number two I think would have to be Justin Simmons um Justin Simmons the the ability and coverage in the back end the energy that he provided I think on uh three of the fourth down stops he was a part of it so um Justin Simmons and also that's one where talk about Von Miller leaving you need a pass rusher to step up talk about Von Miller leaving you need somebody on the defense to step up and be like okay this is my defense now. I'm the dude. Get on my back. Let's ride. Um, and I think Simmons did that. So Cooper and Simmons would be the ones who step out for me. Uh, like I said, there's no way we're going to pick the same guys because there were so many candidates. I went with Shelby Harris. Uh, I okay. thought that the pressure that he was able to get inside and or eating up double teams and holding his ground, let everybody else be better around him. Yeah. Um, and for me, that's a key. That's what you want out of your interior lineman. I thought Shelby Harris was terrific. So let's move over to the offensive side of the ball. We talked a little bit on the rookie side with Javante Williams, but let's, let's talk a little bit about that offensive line. That patchwork offensive line is probably how I would write it. If I was describing what Denver threw out there, let's start, start over at left tackle. Yeah. Calvin Anderson, a heck of a game, uh, moving guys in the run game. I thought a good job also of uh, handling Randy Gregory. There's times where Randy Gregory, you know, got around him. I mean, he's one of the, honestly, one of the more explosive pass rushers, uh, in the game, he just doesn't get much hype because he fell in the draft because, again, he loved marijuana. Uh, whatever it is, what it is, I guess. But Calvin Anderson, um, he had a great game. Shout out to Teddy Bridgewater, too, for the the pocket movement. I mean, there are times where Teddy would just slide on up while keeping his eyes downfield and still going through his progressions, and Calvin Anderson would ride that edge rusher along the outside of that arc. Um, and that's what you want, right? That's that's what pocket movement's all about. So I thought Calvin Anderson had a heck of a game. Uh, I need to go back. Once the All-22 is released, I want to go back and watch him because – Maybe he outperformed what Garrett Bowles has done this year, even, which would be, I don't want to say there's a controversy there. We need to see more data, but Calvin Anderson looked really good in this game against a pretty good set of pass rushers there at Dallas. So uh, it will be interesting, but Calvin Anderson, man, great game. Really excited about him. On the, uh, on the long, I made a note on the long Tim Patrick touchdown, Calvin Anderson did a great job of steering Gregory around the edge. Mm -hmm. We talk about length and arm length. That's all you got to do. I don't, I don't have to, I just have to be able to get out there and just give him a shove yep. and let him go and have Teddy Bridgewater step up and give him time to make that throw downfield. And then Patrick makes a play on it. That play doesn't happen 
if Calvin Anderson doesn't get out there. But we're gonna we're gonna start hitting a couple of these supers that are are, are coming in, and we certainly appreciate y'all for sure. It's a uh, it's uh, a lot more fun to have these conversations after a after a good win. Um, yeah. You know, we all like to the, the football priests come here and can can you can cleanse your souls after a loss, but you know we we want to be a little more positive today. Yeah, the so coffee's hitting fun. Different. And uh, DWI guys coming in. So what are you saying? Are we better without Vaughn? Loaded question. The answer is not obvious, but the opportunity for younger players is exciting. It is. It is a loaded question. Um, and it's not that easy to answer unless you're in the locker room. Yeah, it's yep. it's not. Was there some resentment for the old guy? Um, you know, I don't I don't know that for sure. What I do know is the first game without Vaughn, I saw Shelby Harris like a man reborn last week. Um, just the way he was was acting. It might be pure coincidence off of a win, mm-hmm. off of some young guys stepping up. Might be purely coincidence. Um, Talent-wise, are you better without Vaughn? No. No, you're not. Will you be better off in the future because you made that trade? Yes. Yes, you will. Um, But if you can get Jonathan Cooper playing at 75% of the level he played against against Dallas, you're going to be a pretty good defense. Yeah, and that doesn't even include Bradley Chubb coming back here after the bye week. I mean, you talk about the Broncos beating Philly next week, which they have to take care of business. Of course, that's not a given at all. Philly's going to create some issues for that Denver defense, um, especially those linebackers with the power run they use out of empty backfields. I mean, that's not a lot of teams are doing that in the NFL. It'll be interesting to see how the Broncos scheme up against that. We'll get into that, I'm sure. But is this team better with Vaughn, without Vaughn? No, but I do think the locker room dynamics changed and uh, you're going to have to have guys really like now they have to look in the mirror, right? They're not looking at Vaughn anymore. Who's who's going to make a play for me? I'm not leaning on Vaughn. It's got to be me. I got to be the dude who goes out there now. I, it's my chance. You now I, I could be the leader. And uh, I think there's something to be said about the shifting of the dynamics of leadership in that room and uh, just things being shaken up. Well, it, it, again, there's the word is being shaken up. It's almost like an old coach. You know, you, you start tuning out that stuff after a while. You need a new voice. Yeah. You need new leaders to step up. You need new guys. And and for that to happen, you know, for the for the young trees to grow up, some of the old trees got to go and uh, for them to shine. So are you better without Vaughn? No. No. Can you be? Yeah, you can. Yeah. For sure. You can mm-hmm. be. Absolutely. Uh, Gary, appreciate you coming in with the super. Now, same Gary. Aloha. Different. Okay. Different. I have, <laughs> looks very different. Uh, for the big uglies, uh, love seeing 77 downfield blocking as Quinn Miners and hustling. Thank you for the all content through the years. Nick, Broncos mm-hmm. for Breakfast is one of my favorite shows. Thank uh, you so Nick, much, Gary. This is for you. Yeah, I mean, God, I am. This was a game that was feeding, my, fed my soul because this is what we've been preaching all season, right? Um, If the Broncos were going to be a good team this year, we kind of know what Teddy Bridgewater can be. You don't want him out there being a Russell Westbrook kind of point guard. You needed him being a Rajon Rondo, you know, picking his spots, operating the offense, getting the ball to your playmakers and leaning on a run carries out of your running backs and elite defense on the Mm -hmm. other side. I mean, that was the formula all season. We knew it going into this game. If you can do that, you can beat anybody in this league. You really can. Obviously it's hard because at some point something's not going to work and you're going to lean on your quarterback. I get that, but that was, should have been enough for this, this team this year run game has not been as efficient as you'd hope the defense, especially I know they put up the 
the points uh, output uh, on the graphics yesterday in the game, but that's a little bit deceiving because the Denver defense is getting the best starting field position of any team in football. Um, there is also the Broncos have like three or four less possessions a game than any other team because of how much the offense is uh, using time of possession. So toiling. Uh, yes, exactly. So <laughs> those uh, those stats were a little bit deceiving, um, but they played a great game this week, uh, and I absolutely love seeing the offensive line get out there and do that. I mean, that's that's the formula. You know, people say the run game isn't as good as a pass game. I think there's a little bit of selection bias in that data because that is uh, heavily favoring teams with elite franchise quarterbacks, right? Like not everybody has one of those guys, so you can't lean into the pass game like those teams can. So to to have the run game, what they're doing right now, to shorten the games, to just out-physical your opponent. I mean, Dallas wanted nothing there at the end. Denver was just smacking them around. Dallas, you know, ice up, son, get in the tub. It's that kind of game, and it was beautiful to watch. Beautiful. Miners, to me, looked like a guy that didn't know he was going in and then grew into the game. I thought he struggled a little bit to get up to the speed of the game, and then I thought he grew into it as the half went on and started asserting his will a little bit more. And, and it became a, a run type of um, yeah. game. A, it became a running game. Yeah. We're up a bunch. Let's, Let's grind it, which yeah. is gonna which is gonna fit uh, fit him. Now I'm gonna call out Jr. again, and I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, not call out. Just I disagree. Um, in fact, spoiler alert. Boyd Cushenberry was my offensive player of the game. Wow. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that one. Say more. I got to hear more. So, and, and it might be because it, going back to uh, what Clee had said earlier about when we were talking about the players and he kind of it felt a little sarcastic saying Fangio thought Fuller was the player of the game. Fuller got a game ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and your expectations are I'm going to reward a guy for stepping up. Mm-hmm for exceeding expectations like dude you were down in the dumps we've been crapping on you for six to seven weeks yeah and you played you played well today congratulations in a position he was not ready for as the slot i mean never so, even asked to do that so so were, yeah. so i feel that way about 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 cushionberry i watched him a lot in this game i watched him and the guards a lot cushionberry was when he was working double teams he was there he was sealing yeah. blocks and what he was doing better than anybody on the interior line was getting to the second level. Mm-hmm. Now, he had a mistake or two, but he was getting out to the second level and showed good mobility. He handled his double teams extremely well. They got nothing up the middle on his side. When he was going, when, when, when the uh, 97 Watkins or somebody came through early a couple times, yeah. I watched Cushenberry and I watched Glasgow because that was the gap he was splitting. Cushenberry, it might have been a wrong call. I don't know that for sure. But Cushenberry immediately took the guy to his left. Didn't even look to his right. So that, if that's his assignment, he carried his assignment out well. So even the mistakes that were coming where they were getting early pressure, Cushenberry, I wouldn't put him at fault. Um, so for me, based on how poorly he has played, to step up and play at a really good level, he was my player of the game. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have a hard time getting a play of the game uh, for anybody on this team because there's so many that deserve it. I mean, every single player almost deserves it besides, I guess, besides special teams. Um, man, Brandon McManus has uh, been struggling there for a second, but, um, my offensive player of the game would be Tim Patrick, a uh, heck of a game from Tim Patrick, big time catches, um, that, that third down pass, the third and 10, third and 11, where Teddy feathered the ball. Uh, but he had the two, the high, low read on the right side of the field and just bloop, perfect and, little and the low guy almost went for it. Like, wait, is that for me? Yeah. You know, you, it was I that, mean, that close. Um, yeah. gorgeous over the I wanna, fender. I want to make a point on that. Sorry. I feel like I'm dominating this part of it. Um, That's okay. 
but uh, you know, I'm old. I'll forget what I was going to say. So I better say it now. Do it. No, do um, it. What, what's nice is Tim Patrick dominated the first half, right? Yep. So Dallas makes an adjustment. They change their coverages up there. Who finishes the second leading receiver? It was Jerry Judy, wasn't he? Jerry Judy. That is the benefit of having those guys out there, of having yeah. being able to change it up. They can take one guy away. They can't take away Sutton. They can't take away Judy. They can't take away Williams. They can't take away Gordon. Um, I thought Eric Sauber played an incredible game. I mean, um, Andrew Beck, like <laughs> blocking. I thought, he play, I thought he played great. Um, yeah. Again, there's a lot of superlatives to be given out in a game that is this dominant. Yeah. So I kind of want to look at – I like the underdog anyway. That's just who I am. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the guys that we might not – normally expect to be and for me Cushionberry Cushionberry was that guy I, I loved his game I thought he was I thought he was great yesterday he had a pretty good game I thought Dalton Reisner early on missed a few blocks here and there but then uh, stepped it up down the stretch you know we've been hard on him as far as his ability to climb to the second level but there was the Broncos were running a little bit more traps and pin pull kind of concepts there at the run game and Dalton Reisner actually on the move uh, getting to that second level on those pulls uh, he had some great blocks at the second level which we had not seen from him this season so uh, hats off to him as well he had a good game and uh, everybody also just for a second um, shout out to Graham Glasgow was having a solid game um, he got rolled up on that play at the end of the second half and we can maybe tomorrow talk a little bit about the the challenge call that was kind of questioning in the second half uh, or the end of the first half call as well for the Broncos, but that was unfortunate. Good to see Miners come in, but it does sound like we might be losing Glasgow for a while um, with a ankle injury. So we'll find out more today. Uh, Clee coming in saying Broncos for breakfast three days a week. Woohoo! Thank you guys. Thank you very much, Clee. Thank you for your support. Thank you everybody for your support today. I mean, it's obviously the good vibes are rolling uh, when the Broncos are winning, um, but we are really appreciate you guys coming in and supporting the the morning show. Uh, it really does mean a lot and helps us continue to come and give you these shows three days a week. So we appreciate you. Uh, Peter coming in saying Dallas didn't know what to do as they were so used to double, double teaming Vaughn. Uh, yeah, that was a big one. I also thought that, you know, I saw some people, some thoughts coming out of this game, like Cortland Sutton, man, what's it, what's up with him? Well, when I watched the game, they were bracketing Cortland Sutton a lot and uh, moving coverage over to him. He did have a couple big plays here and there, but uh, like you touched on, this is why you want to have multiple options because when a team schemes out one guy, you can just go to the other because if, if you're taking coverage from or taking coverage one place, it means they're taking it away from somewhere else. So I got 450 like, yards of offense. I'm not going to complain about somebody not contributing. Yeah, there's always there's always those. You know, that means somebody there's else always. stepped up. There was a yeah. matchup you liked better. There was another yeah. hot hand. That's yeah. you know, look week to week. Now, if that becomes a trend and he's not getting the ball when you're struggling, no offense, man, that becomes more of a question. But yeah. You know, when when Tim Patrick's hot, when Jerry Judy's hot, Melvin Gordon is getting yards, Javante Williams. I'm not worried about Sutton not getting the ball. They're not stopping the other guys. Yep. So, exactly. and you know, you know who else wouldn't be worried about getting the ball yesterday? Cortland Sutton. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure he's 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 perfectly fine with, hey, I'll take the dub. My day will come. My day will come. Yeah. And you know what's beautiful also about those wide receivers? This is, I mean, you running as good as the Broncos were in that game. It's not just the offensive line. It's not the running backs. It's the wide receivers as well. And those guys on the perimeter, on the second level, there was ones where they were run, running those defensive backs off the field uh, with the blocking. And when you have your wide receivers contributing to the run game like that, that's that's a team win. That's everybody executing, doing their job. Because it's really easy for a wide receiver to be a diva and just like, you know, I'm just going to kind of get in the way. That's not what was happening out there um, from any of them. So, Want to give them a shout out? That was incredible. Uh, DWI guys coming in and saying he's in England in the the sport. Well, sorry, I sent your uh, your mug to your Andover address in Minnesota. 
Apologies. <laughs> uh, so the sports go on you. We're going to talk Chelsea here for just one second. Reigning European champions, first tape, first in the league. And I don't know if this was symbolic or if this is coincidence, but 26 is the legendary number of John Terry, one of the best defenders in the history of the game. So that might have been a coincidence, might not have been. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a fun sport. And what's nice about soccer is, oh, it's boring. Well, hell, it's over in 90 minutes. That's a long quarter in, 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 in other sports. Shoot, I watched 90 minutes. We're still in the second inning in one of the World Series games. I'm bored. I'm not bored for long. It's going to be over quick. Yeah. Uh, so appreciate that one. And then, you know, Peter coming in and saying center is the one position that I would get in free agency. Um, I feel about this the same way I feel about we were talking about the Broncos, about Cushenberry. Show me again. Yep. Let's string some together. Now we need some consistency. I think you had a great game. Now let's do it again. It's a it's a it's a what have you done for me lately type league. This is one of seventeen. Yep. It only counts one. You know this win doesn't count any more than you know a, a bad loss. So show me again. Let's let's string it together. And and I feel that way about the entire team. We're not going to get too low when it's going bad. We're not going to get too high after a win because there's another game coming. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And uh, before we get on out of here, obviously the good vibes are rolling, and as long as you guys are <laughs> dropping supers and stars, like we're not going to get out of here. But um, I, we do need to talk a little bit of Teddy Bridgewater. Um, had an incredible game. I saw that there were some contrarians out there, you know, the axe to grind, talking about, uh, you know, oh, this was they only won this game because of the defense and the run game. That's always been the formula with this team and Teddy Bridgewater. But uh, the one thing that I wanted to point out here, how many first downs did the Broncos get on third and five plus, where Teddy threw it short of the sticks and the receiver with space made a play? I mean, my God, I, this has been, I, I don't want to cuss, but it's been really driving me absolutely insane. Um, the narrative out here that Teddy only ever throws it short of the sticks. You get, if there's routes that are designed short of the sticks on third and five, you know what that route is designed to do? Give that player a chance to make a play after the catch, whether that be one-on-one -on -one or anything, and create after the catch to get that third down. Otherwise, you'd not even have that route in there, right? And, and in this game, the Broncos, time and time again, caught it you know, a little short. Tim Patrick, Albert Okwebenam, Jerry Judy, one of the running backs, they get it Sauber. two yards to go. Salbert, they mm -hmm. get it two yards to go. They turn up field, and they get the God-blessed first down. It's like... God, it's driving me, driving me insane from the fans screaming about Teddy with the checkdowns without the understanding that that's the whole point of that is to give your playmaker a chance with the ball in space to do something right. I mean, it's insane, insane. I, I So that happened this game. Uh, maybe that's a little bit of a subtweet at Noah Fant for not getting it done when that's when he's been that type of outlet option. <laughs> there's some, there's some anger in these words. I hear it. I know where it's directed. Uh, it's at Noah Fant, but it's also at the just general misunderstanding of what is being asked of an offense from a scheme and a passing attack in general. So well, if you, if you hit a guy on a crossing route underneath, that's one thing. If you hit a guy on a curl route or a speed out, that's going to the sidelines and you run it short, that's, that's, that's bad. Yeah. But if I get a guy in space where he's got some room, like you're saying a speed out where he's got room to cut up and move up, then that's okay. That that's, I, I should be able to pick that up. I should be able to get some, some yak yards. Yeah. Um, and so, you at least give uh, your guy a chance, right? Yeah. Like people are like, oh man, who, who cares about a completion if it's short of the sticks? You know what? If you get a, if you get a completion, you at least have a chance for the guy to make a play after the catch. And we saw that in this game, keeping it going. If it's, if it's on the ground or you're throwing in a double coverage, but it's past the sticks, you know, that's not doing anything for you. So this is a game where it showed Derek Carr, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, they made careers off of throwing it short of the sticks and let, giving their guy a chance after the catch. And well, this game was beautiful. There's no need for... Again, 
Teddy is Teddy. We know what Teddy's going to be at the end. At the end of the season, Teddy's going to be somewhere between that fifteen and twenty range in in efficiency. Maybe which higher. Which was a massive step up from last year. That's where he's going to be. Yep. He started off hot. He had some downs. He had a really good game. It's going to bring that efficiency back up. At the end, you're going to get fifteen to twenty, middle of the pack. Middle of the pack was a huge improvement over last year, and we said that was going to happen at the beginning of the year. He's not. He's still not me. The long term answer. He's still not going to be a top 10 quarterback ever. That's okay. You don't need that right now to win and make a playoff run. So he's going to struggle again. I promise you. The, the Philadelphia Eagles, we'll get into them. The Philadelphia Eagles front four, especially on the interior, is scary. Yeah. They're the type that's going to give the Broncos more trouble than what than what we got from Dallas last week mm-hmm. where the edges were controlled. Their, their pressure comes from the interior, and it's it's spooky how good they can be. Vernon Hargraves is a beast. Teddy's going to struggle again. I promise you. Yep. Okay. I mean, that's, that's no surprise. So I'm I'm not doing a sack dance. I'm a Teddy fan. I I, I really like the person. I root for Teddy Bridgewater to be successful. I'm certainly not going to go out there and do a sack dance saying, see, I told you so. No, he's, he's going to have good games. He's going to have bad games. At the end of the day, he's going to finish about average. Yep. That's who Teddy is. We know that. Yeah. Yeah. And so far this season, um, Teddy Bridgewater, just looking at his statistics and I even filtered out garbage time because, you know, the games don't count unless they are, uh, you know, that's just the narrative this year. I guess congratulations to Josh Allen and the bills. They lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars nine to six, but because it's the Jags, the stats in the game doesn't count. So, uh, good, good for them. <laughs> um, but Teddy Bridgewater in the season, including all games, filtering out garbage time, which is Broncos or whatever team having the win probability of less than 10 or over 90 Teddy Bridgewater, the ninth quarterback overall this season in EPA and CPOE composite number 12 in EPA per play and uh, CPOE completion uh, percentage over expected third overall this season. So Teddy Bridgewater right now this season is playing like a top 10, 15 quarterback in the NFL. I'm expecting him to finish somewhere in that 12 to 20 range. Mm -hmm. But I mean, this is, this is great. This is beautiful. This is what you want. And sorry guys, the, the games week one through three, not sorry guys, but the games weeks one through three, those aren't gimmies in the NFL. You got to still go out there and compete. They count too. They count. It drives me nuts. Um, drives me nuts. Narrative keeps changing. <laughs> Chris coming in with the stars. Chris, I got your paper. So hit me up on Twitter. Uh, send me a, send me a DM with your address. So uh, he uh, we got a Braves fan, and uh, I got one. I got the last one at a uh, at a racetrack or a quick trip the other day. So uh, hit me up on Twitter and uh, and send, get me your get me your address. And appreciate the stars as always. Um, Peter coming in also. I'm, I'm, I'm down a little bit. Oh, good gracious. DWI yeah. guys come in one more time. Thanks, gents. Love the show. I'm off to football practice. We'll have fun. It's a good sport. I wish my Achilles could keep up with me now. I think I'm in decent enough shape to uh, to play, but my Achilles say, no, you're not. You go run. You can't walk for two weeks. So yeah, uh, that's not for me. Andrew coming in. Andrew coming in a little late, buying us all coffee. Good morning, Andrew. Appreciate that with the, with the coffee mug coming in. And Peter Middleton was just above him saying, Teddy is a bridge until we can draft or sign a QB the Broncos want. I really feel he'll be here next year. He might be. Um, when this subject comes up in any of the chats that I am uh, moderating or looking through, I always type in the background, Teddy Bridgewater is going to have to take a massive pay cut to be back next year. Massive. One of the greatest things about Teddy Bridgewater for the Broncos is he didn't cost you anything. He was yeah. basically a freebie. He didn't cost yeah. you anything. He's on three or four million a year. That's nothing for a starting quarterback. 
yep. uh, that's playing on an average level. I mean, that's at least 12 to 15. So he's going to have to take a big pay cut to come back. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Have him come in and mentor the next guy for a year. Draft a guy that you really like, a developmental guy like Malik Willis, possibly. Give him a year uh, behind a, a veteran who is a good leader and a good mentor like Teddy Bridgewater and start building. And, and you can still win. You can still win with Teddy Bridgewater. No, no doubt about that. Um, but build your guy for the future mm-hmm. with with one more year of Bridgewater. Could be, could be a good formula for sure. Yeah, no, Teddy played well. And I also want to give a shout out to, we're not in there, but um, to have what the Broncos – had happened last week, you know, was it 13,000 no-shows for the, the stadium for the Broncos? It'll be um, full. It'll be full it'll this week. It'll be full in this game. Yeah, this is going <laughs> to be a hot ticket, which is, God, how awesome is that? Um, but then also Von Miller being traded, the Broncos, you know, everybody says they're dead. Oh, who is it? Um, the reports of my death were highly exaggerated. Who's the the pop culture history quote on, on that? Is it the Mark Twain one? I don't even remember. Oh, the, the, the reports of my demise? Yes, I don't highly exaggerate that originated, um, but that's what this Broncos team is right now. And uh, you have to give a big hats off to all the leaders in that locker room because, you know, they can look around. The, the media doesn't believe in us. The fans don't believe in us. Our front office doesn't believe in us getting rid of Von Miller for two future picks. And you know what? I believe in us. We're going to go out there. We're going to do our job. We're going to execute. We can beat anybody if we play that kind of football. We know we can. Um, so let's go out there and do it. You know, shock the world. And uh here we are. Um, so hats off to the leaders in that locker room, and whether that be Teddy Bridgewater filling in that role, whether that be Justin Simmons, I don't care. Yeah, it is a Mark Twain quote. Thank you. I thought it was Mark Twain, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that was a uh, a heck of a job by this team and the new leadership, whoever's going to emerge there. Hats off. And that's the intangible stuff we talked about with Teddy Bridgewater all season. You know, when the chips are down, Teddy's going to be who he always is. You know, he is not going to go out there and be fake. He's not going to go out there and be too high or too low. Um, he's going to be the leader he always has been. And I think that was a, a big thing for this team. I mean, we didn't have even talked about Drew Locke being out right before kickoff because of uh, whatever's going on in the world right now. And uh, the Broncos go out there and Teddy goes out there and executes and has a heck of a game. Not a perfect game. Those sacks, a couple of those sacks were on him. He had a couple of bad throws as well, but exactly who you needed him to be in this game for this there's, team. For there's this a, a word that gets thrown a lot in, in, international, in international football about why a guy plays over the other and it's trust. You, you know what you're going to get from Teddy Bridgewater. You you know. You trust him. It's like, okay, I know I'm going to get this. Now I can try and scheme around his deficiencies. Uh, Dan coming in with this question I, that piqued my interest. said, who had the bright idea of having Gordon block Micah Parsons? It's a disaster. Um, I, I mentioned that earlier. Uh, is why I wanted to highlight that. And that's just good scheming with a mm-hmm. player that is versatile enough that you can line up in different places. He came on a little bit of a delayed blitz. That's the running back's job. You know, that's the running back's job. When you when you bring a, a guy, a safety or a linebacker on either dead up the middle or on a stunt, that's the running back's job on a delay blitz. So um, you hope and, and, and credit to Melvin Gordon. He did a much better job later in that same drive. But, yeah, he, he got he got handled. Uh, you know, he's given up probably 40 pounds to Micah Parsons and Micah Parsons is probably faster than him. So that's uh that's good scheming from Dallas and hopefully you can uh, you can work around that. It doesn't cause you too much damage. Yeah, I was uh, when I saw that question, like who is responsible for that? Dan Quinn. That's yeah, one where it's, you... it's good scheming with a player you can bring from multiple locations. Because on a on the touchdown run uh, later, one of the early touchdown runs, I was watching. I think it was Reisner gets out, and they had they had Micah Parsons lined up on the right side on the end, mm-hmm. and he's head up, 
And here comes here comes Reisner on a pull and gets out there and seals off that that edge. And I think it was Melvin Gordon basically waltzed right in on a on a touchdown run. Well, yeah. that was bad scheme because now you got now you got a linebacker, an outside linebacker, head up on a pulling guard. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, depending on on that play. If they tried to run away from him or try and go wide, they were in trouble. Uh, but that was just schematic. So I, I don't put any blame on 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 the scheme on that. Those other guys are trying to trying to create favorable matchups too. Their guy beat your guy, but it didn't cost you the game. Didn't even cost you the drive. Yeah. And a shout out to the Broncos. Uh, I wanted to also give a shout out to uh, Shamar Steven, um, who is filling in for Mike Purcell in this game. Deshaun Williams. Yeah, Deshaun Williams too. You know, I saw it, that he was getting it, a little snippy on Twitter. The whole roster. That's what yeah. I said, Stephen Weatherly in, the, in there. You go down the whole roster of guys that came in and contributed. I'm flipping through the roster saying, Harrison, who's who's Harrison? Who's yeah. this guy? Nate Harrison, Temple. Temple uh, Temple Owls, I believe, drafted by the yep. Colts. Everybody's making plays. Kyle Fuller hadn't made a play in so long, I had to look up who he was. Yeah, like, who's, who's that, that guy? Oh, that's Fuller. Nice. Good job. Way to come back. Yeah, so I'm excited to go back and watch this game again, uh, break it down. We got Tim asking any word on certain Sertan's injury. He's going to get an MRI today. I heard it was just a contusion on the knee, um, but we'll see. Also, it was just cramps for Patrick, so hopefully it's not a big deal. Um, yeah, man, what a win. What a game for the Broncos. Uh, what a chat today, too, man. You guys were alive, and that is great. We'll be back again tomorrow. Uh, we, man, we love you guys. Um, it's always good vibes when the Broncos are putting up a game like that. I mean, everything went essentially according to plan, I guess, besides special teams, right? It could have even been a bigger blowout if uh, special teams wasn't missing plays out there. Hopefully Brandon McManus can get things uh, working the right way, but great showing by the Broncos, great showing by the rookie class. Um, it, perfection. I mean, just offensive line stepping up, reserve offensive line stepping up, interior line stepping up, uh, Kyle Fuller stepping up, guys that have guys that needed to show up, showed that they are professionals yeah. and they have pride. They haven't given up on anything. Mm-hmm. And they went out there and got it done. It was a it was a fun day for the Denver Broncos and Denver Broncos fans. Yeah, absolutely. And it wasn't just winning; it was winning in a dominating fashion. And for throughout throughout the score, even you know the Broncos taking it to the Cowboys, who have one of the best offensive lines in football, and taking it to their uh, defensive line as well, just out physicaling them. I mean, I felt like the gosh darn Wisconsin Badgers out there just dominating the trenches against some team that you know Rutgers, who just you have no chance in the trenches against them because they're just so much bigger, faster, stronger than you in that offensive line and the defensive front. So it was beautiful. I mean, it was, this is a old fashioned football game, right? I was still one in the trenches. Denver beat them at their own game and uh, it's hats off to them. I mean, they backed into a corner, getting the win. Good vibes. Love you guys. We're going to get on out of here. You guys can follow Scott and myself on Twitter. Scott is at scout Kennedy and myself at Nick Kendall MHH had to do a double take there. Cause we're on opposite sides of the screen that we typically are I was like, wait a second. You're on the other side. Yeah, but you're much clearer now when you were we over go. on this side, nobody could see you anyway. Okay. Well I am beautiful. So we do want to be able to see me exactly um, at huddle up pod. You can follow us there as well. And at mile high huddle uh, guys, Christmas right around the corner. If you want to support us and get yourself a little bit of swag, go to huddleuppod.com, get the hats, get the coffee mugs. Honestly, we just need to get these coffee mugs rolling. I need some more pictures in here and uh, you guys got to let us know if you are enjoying some of that, uh, that Brown goodness in your coffee mug, Scott rocking it there. Um, People over on Facebook, make sure you're joining us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle. Become a supporter. You can also go to forward slash mile high huddle pod. 
conversations there. I mean, we, we could talk about this game for the rest of the week. There's stuff we didn't even get into. I mean, I'd love to talk more Tim Patrick. Uh, what are we going to do about signing him? What's mm-hmm. the future for this team at the quarterback position, et cetera, et cetera. So a lot of conversation about to have Kenny there. Young. Kenny, Kenny Young. Kenny Young. Kenny Young. Kenny yeah, he uh, he is. I mean, you have Kenny Young, Josie Jewel, Alexander Johnson. What does that mean? Maybe uh, compensatory picks play a little bit into it as well because if oh, you retain, it's, it's nice when rookie Baron Browning goes out there and plays sixty-two snaps and you pitch a shutout and God. it starts yeah. it starts putting pressure on the other guys and gives you always negotiate from a position of strength. Mm-hmm. Baron Browning has helped strengthen the Broncos' position. Absolutely. Justin's not as, not as much, but that's okay. Uh, with good vibes. Um, so make sure you're joining us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle for you YouTube folks out there, subscribe, like, and share, you know, smash that like button, slam the subscribe, whatever the kids are saying, hit the bell for the alert. Um, and do so also for Scott's channel at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Um, and joining him Wednesdays to talk a little bit of Falcons and pretty soon here, I'm guessing we're going to, well, both these teams are winning. So I guess not pretty soon. Um, but we will make that uh, transition to very draft offseason centric uh, content at some point. So Scott, yeah, what's the rest I, of the day? I got I got nothing else to say. Uh, yeah. you know, we, Nick, you you summed it up very well. Let's let's sign us off and 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 get to the rest of our day. Absolutely. Well, you guys have a great one. Uh, we love you all. Go Broncos. Uh, go rookie class with good vibes. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. Um, and on to the Eagles. We'll see you next time. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.